is going to look a little bit shorter for the first song this morning because we've got the kids that are going to be leading us in worship today. It's something that we just started, but it's going to be every Sunday morning. So I know all the kids are really excited. They're starting to come in now. But here's what we're going to need from all of y'all out there. I need you guys to stand up. Everyone stand up. Thank you. All the adults, all the teenagers. I need everyone to stand up. And today, we've got some moves with our songs. I know usually maybe you guys don't know what to do with your hands or, you know, you can raise them. But today we've got some special dance moves that all y'all are going to be able to see from them. And y'all have to do it with us because, you know, we, I know that they know it. But I think you guys can learn it pretty easy, okay? Do you guys think you got it? Do you guys think the adults have it? Do you guys think the adults can do it? No, Callie doesn't think you got it. I don't know. I don't know. But I think you guys can do it. So the first song we're doing today is called Wave Walker. Okay, so y'all are going to have to, everyone stretch out your arms. Tell your neighbor, give me some space. I'm going to need to worship today. I'm going to need some space. All right. Yeah, Lily, stand up. All right, you guys ready? You guys ready? All right. Okay, I think we're ready. So I need, is everyone out there ready, though? The kids are ready. You guys ready? All right. Brad, we're ready. It's so simple, faith like a child I give you an inch and you take me a mile I feel the wind rush and the thunder roll Two feet on the water, only one way to go yeah. I don't gotta be afraid no more, no Cause I know you up through the storm I'm more than just a talker I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a
dancing on water When the devil tries to shake me, I just pray harder Even in my darkest hour, got Holy Ghost power When I keep my eyes upon you, Jesus, I'm a wave walker I'm a wave walker I'm dancing on water When the devil tries to shake me, I just pray Amen. We got some wave-walking young people. How many of you want our kids to know how to overcome? We just pray harder, right? Let's give them a big hand clap. I think they're going to the back to meet the parents. They're going to the back of the sanctuary. One more time. Let them know how awesome they did. Yeah, as they come by, if you can give them a high five. They did great. So proud of our kids. God has started off in worship this morning, amen, and we're going to be starting our services on Sunday mornings with that. It brings some excitement and energy in the room, nothing like kids worshiping Jesus, amen, amen. Uh, they're going to the back, the teachers are going to be giving them, so we've got note-taking pages today that if they'll write down some notes throughout the service, it's not intense, even if they just draw some pictures, amen, at the end of service, my wife and I are going to be out in the foyer. And we're going to be giving some candy to the kids. If they bring their note-taking pages to us, we're going to give them some candy as a way of, we want to reward the right things, right? And we want them to be attentive and paying attention to what's going on in service. Amen. So we're going to get ready to enter into worship. We want to, first of all, make a few announcements. Uh, first of all, again, to the children, don't forget to show your sermon notes to pastor after service. Me and my wife will be out there. There is a decorative... Um, archway out there that will be under that and again we'll have candy there are you trying to develop a deeper walk in God in 2022 please visit our bookstore at the kiosk following church for great Bible studies and personal growth resources pre-orders are now being taken for chocolate covered strawberries for Valentine's Day amen the youth are going to be selling those for a, a fundraiser and they've got milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate, and Oreo crumble. And they're going to be sold for $25 a dozen. And the proceeds are going to be going to Move the Mission, which helps our missionaries around the world. So please see one of the youth or someone from the youth committee to place your order today. Last day to order is February 9th. All orders may be picked up on Sunday, February 13th. And the last announcement, everybody say Wednesday. What time does prayer start? 6.30, that's our corporate prayer. What does corporate mean? It means we all come together and we pray from 6.30 until 7.15, and then that will be followed by worship service, children's move, and family teaching here in the sanctuary. Amen. Anybody thankful that God kept you this week, that he brought you through another week? 
Why don't you turn to somebody right now and just tell them one thing that God did for you this week. Right now, as you're standing, we're going to say the Tyler's Declaration together. And then the ushers are going to come. We're going to give. And my wife is going to share a scripture with you. And then the worship team is going to lead us into a powerful move of God today. We're so excited to have Brother and Sister Roberts with us today. Amen. Brother Roberts is going to be preaching. They are always going to be a part of Living Hope. That'll never end. Amen. Let's say the Tyler's Declaration together. I give, and it shall be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe to the storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked and the curse is broken. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. I receive jobs and better jobs, raises, increase and promotions, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances interest and income, owed money, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts canceled, and royalties received. I am blessed to be a blessing. I declare my entire family saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, in love with Jesus, healthy, strong, and full of life. I call my family walking in the blessing and the favor of God in their lives. I am blessed coming in and going out. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord, first of all, an offering of praise. God, we lift up to you our highest praise. We lift up to you and we magnify you, God, for you are worthy. You are worthy of glory and honor. Amen. The ushers are coming right now. Amen. After you've given the offering, you can turn to Psalms chapter 118, or no, 115, I'm sorry. Psalms chapter 115. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome home. Amen. I'm so thankful to be part of the amazing family of God. Aren't you? Amen. If, you're, if this is your first time at Living Hope, we are so, so grateful that you're here. You have found home. So we want to welcome you to Living Hope right now. Amen. Let's give our guests a, a good hand clap welcoming them. How many other homes do you walk into and they start clapping when you get there? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Amen. Psalms chapter 115, verses 9 through 15. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I feel like he needed to repeat himself. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. I love this promise right here. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. God has blessings for you and your families this year. Amen. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. 
And the tone here in this scripture is trust the Lord. If you've got something that you've been worried about, fearful about, God is saying that you can trust me. Just give it to him. And so I want us to raise our hands right now. And every care that you brought into this building today, I want you to lay it at his feet. God, today we trust you. God, I don't know every need in this house, but you do. And God, I pray right now that we would just lay it at your feet because you are a good, good father. You are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are everything that we need. And God, you are all powerful and you can do all things, God. And no matter what the need is, we lay it before you today, trusting in your word, God. And I plead your blood over every one in this room, over our families. God, I pray that you would do a great work in this place. Come on, let's worship him. As we begin our worship service, I encourage you to get out of your seat and just let God do what he wants to do in your life today. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we worship you, Lord. We thank you, oh God, for our testimony. You are faithful, Lord, faithful and true, God. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Oh God, we welcome you into this place. We thank you, oh God, for the spirit that we feel here, God, your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that there's nothing too hard for you. God, we give you all the glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. For anyone who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear. felt the hand of heaven reach down through the fear and dry their tears for anyone who once was empty that now finds itself alive and full of songs victory songs then you'll understand the reason for the way Yeah. 
something in this place. If you'll just reach out to him, if you'll just give him what you have, you may not have much right now. You may be weak. You may be discouraged. You may have little hope left. But if you will give him what you have, if you'll just reach out, he's here to meet your need. He wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to meet you in your sickness and your discouragement and your fear and worries. And he wants there to be deliverance in this place. Oh, yes, you're the God of miracles, Jesus. Oh, right now, all across this place, I want you to declare that over your life, that you're still moving in my life, God. You haven't finished. The best is yet to come for my life. Somebody say that, that the best is yet to come. Oh, we believe in your power, Jesus. We believe in your power.
calendar right now. Could we just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost? God is doing some incredible things in here. Hallelujah. I feel that witness of the Holy Ghost here today. I feel the witness of the Spirit of God. It's not limited to one certain part of this room. It's not to the front. It's not just to the back. It's not just to one side of the building. But anybody in this building right now, amen, the Bible says, whosoever will. I believe the Lord is walking through this room right now. And if somebody would reach out and say, Jesus, I need you. If somebody right now would forget about what your neighbor thinks about you and say, "What I need God more than I care about what people around me think about me. I need Jesus to touch my life today. Come on, if you need a miracle all morning long, they've been singing about miracles. There's nothing too hard for him. I don't care what your situation is today. The only thing God can't do is what you won't let him do. Come on, that's it, Jesus. Oh, we need you, Lord. God, we need you to walk through the aisles of this building. We need you to walk right now, Lord, right into the door of our hearts. And we need you to speak life, God, where the enemy has spoken death. We need you to speak hope, God, where the enemy is speaking fear. We need you to speak peace, God, where the enemy has spoken turmoil. In the name of Jesus, God, we need you to put back together what the enemy has tried to break. In Jesus' name, we need you right now, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. I wonder right now in this atmosphere of prayer, this atmosphere of praise, this visitation of the miraculous, I want to ask you if you would join with me. We're going to pray for Brian Benthal. Right now he's in ICU. He's on a ventilator, not doing well. But I know that our God is able right now to reach into that room and raise him up. Would you join with me right now? Lord Jesus, we pray for Brian. God, I know that Brian, Lord, is no stranger to the presence of God. I know, Lord, that Brian has been in the atmosphere of the presence of God many times. But now, Lord, we need your presence to go to where Brian is at. Lord, we need you to breathe into Brian the breath of life. We need you, God, to reverse the course, oh God, of the negative trend in his health. And we need you, God, to minister healing to his body. Lord, we sung all morning about miracles. But, God, we really truly believe that you are the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. We speak healing right now into that hospital room. We speak strength into his body. We speak restoration into every organ in his body. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just one last time before we move forward in the service. I want you, if you would, reach over to a neighbor. Maybe place your hand on their shoulder. Obviously, if you're not comfortable with that, fine, maybe just reach your hand out towards somebody, but I want us to pray one for another. God wants to do unprecedented things in this building. He wants to do things today that you've never experienced before. I promise you, you don't know everything there is to know about God. His, his wisdom is unsearchable. You'll never know all there is to know about God, but today he wants you to know him just a little bit more. That's it. Come on, Lord. There's liberty right now for you to move, God. There's freedom for you to move. 
Hallelujah, God. We're setting you at liberty to touch and to heal. Yes, Lord, I pray every barrier be broken and let the name of Jesus be exalted. Let there be healing right now in this house. Let there be deliverance. Let there be breakthrough in Jesus' name. Restore what the canker worm and the palmer worm has eaten. Restore what the adversary has stolen in Jesus' name. Put back together what the enemy has said can't be repaired in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. God is doing something right now. That's why we're here. We're here for a move of God. That's what we're here to do today is facilitate the presence of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise all around this room? I don't know, I don't know what Brother Roberts is going to preach today. We've had any discussion about what he's felt led of the Lord to minister today. But I just, I I always feel that reverence for the Word of God. And I always know the Word of God is going forth with a purpose. I just feel there's a distinct purpose here today. And so before Brother Roberts even comes, I, I want us to determine right now that whatever the man of God speaks today is for me. I don't mean for pastor, I mean for you. For me, it's for me. For you, it's for you. And that's the beauty of the Word of God. It can be spoken one way and administered to so many different, just like the bread that he broke. He broke just a few lumps of bread and fed a multitude. That's the way the Word is. He can take one word and feed a whole multitude out of that one word. But if we're not careful, we can get the preacher start preaching and we're, oh, that was for them and that was for them. And I hope pastor was listening for that was for him. There we go. It's for me. Amen. It's for me. Amen. Right before Brother Roberts comes to preach to us today, I would remind if you're a guest here today, at the conclusion of our service, the, the door in the center of the back of this, there's a guest reception area there. We have some, uh, just some small gifts and refreshments that we'd like to give you to thank you for being here with us today. We are so thrilled today to have Brother and Sister Roberts. Brother Roberts served as the associate assistant pastor administrative pastor, outreach director. I think the only ministry Brother Roberts never led at Living Hope was the worship system, the music ministry. He did lead worship for a time, but they never released the whole program to him. I'm not sure. Maybe there was an untapped ability there we didn't know about. But Brother Roberts served here faithfully for 35, 36, 38 years, somewhere, almost as long as this church has been in existence. And just a few months ago, he was elected as the pastor of Abundant Life Church in Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Not just him, but Sister Roberts was as well. And we love them both so very much. They're always going to be special to this church. We pray for them. And we want Brother Roberts to come right now. We want him to have complete liberty. Amen. Don't we love him, Living Hope? Let's let him know we love him. Praise the Lord, everybody. I think we ought to give that hand clap to the Lord. My. Honestly, it feels a little bit different. I've, uh, I never imagined 
that I would be a guest speaker at Living Hope. But I found early this morning that my key and my code still work. And uh, I might be a guest here, but I was still the first one here. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me for that bit of pride. So, so good to see everybody here. I've hugged necks and shaken hands and seeing all of the great folks here. And we've been meeting lots of new folks and learning their stories. And uh, I just weep every time I look around because I know all of the faces here. I'm sorry, most of the faces here. And uh, I was just reminded this morning of all of the great stories that the, the testimonies that God has done in your lives. And I, I couldn't help but just shed a few more tears. I told Sister Staten I'm getting really tired of shedding tears. I don't feel like the tough guy anymore, but it's so, so good to be here. I, I'm just, my wife and I are just privileged, but we're missing home today. Somebody said, How, what's it like in Wisconsin? How many of you watched that last football game last night? That, that's what it's like. It's cold. You've had more snow than we have, but so far, I think it's coming. But it's different. It's it's cold, but it's not terrible. But when you walk in, the crowd is smaller. The building is different. The sound is a little bit different. But when the presence of God moves in, we've had some tremendous services. We've had some great times so far, and we're looking forward to so many more. But I am so glad to be here this morning. If you got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. To all of the new faces, it's so good. I, I introduced myself to a few folks this morning. You may or may not know that I used to be a member here. And uh, so nice. I look forward to meeting you and hearing your story, your testimony of what God's doing in your life. But I want to give honor to my pastor, my bishop. I said this and and it really has become more important to me. About a year ago now, pastor said, I feel like God's calling me into a different level of ministry. I think he's going to make me a bishop. And I was like, wow, pastor, that's great. You, you go, pastor, that's awesome. I didn't know that, that I would be one of those pastors that he would be pastoring. I, I'm so grateful for his voice in my life. I'm thankful for Sister Staten and the, those beautiful young ladies. Y'all tell Brooke I am mad at her. I, I, I was so looking forward to seeing Brooke. It was so good to see Cameron and Riley and Dakota, their smiling faces. So good to see all of you. God bless you. So good to be here. 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 8, hopefully for many of the church folk, a familiar portion of Scripture. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, and get thee to Zarephath. He's talking to Elijah, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. You know things are bad when God's telling you you got to go get be, be taken care of by a widow woman. And so he arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city. Behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, 
a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she, as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail until the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by Elijah. Would you lift a hand with me one more time? Father, in the name of Jesus, your presence is so real in this place. The anointing that breaks the yoke and the chain of the fetter is in this house today, Lord. I pray in the reminding, remaining minutes of our time together today that you would continue to move in the miraculous. Father, touch every heart, every mind, every spirit today, Lord. Let your anointing be loosed in this house in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands and give the Lord some praise this morning. He's a good God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this afternoon. In order to... In order for us to fully appreciate what's happening here in this passage, I don't want to make the assumption that everyone knows, but 1 Kings chapter 7, Elijah announces that there's going to be a drought, a severe drought in the land. He states there's not going to be any rain. There's not even going to be dew that comes up off the ground. It's going to be a complete season of dryness. You know, most of you know the story. Elijah heads out. God provides miraculously a little stream and God Elijah is there by the stream and the ravens bring food to the stream and Elijah is taken care of what a miraculous thing that is I'm not sure I would be okay with ravens bringing me food but I guess it's better than nothing right and so as you would think would happen eventually in a time of famine in a time of drought the stream dries up and so Elijah's source of nourishment has gone away. And because we have that Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey version, we, can, we know the rest of the story. We know that this is not going to be a temporary circumstance. The drought is very severe, and we understand that it would last for over three years. And so this is where we pick up our text in 1 Kings chapter 17. But I want, you, I want to paint a picture here this morning. Poverty was a really big deal in Elijah's day. I'm sure, I know it is in our day, and, but I'm not sure that we can fully grasp and understand what this poor widow woman was going through. There were many factors that worked together to amplify the plight of widows. Uh, obviously, the issue of a drought and, and a famine, they would cover large would cover large parts of the land and and so this was not an isolated circumstance and just as in our day we're dealing with things that are not isolated but more than just one circumstance uh, that it seems like that one more circumstance had 
the ability to create a bigger impact. Those, that additional problem would be part of a larger compounding set of problems. And so the drought and possibly the famine were one thing, but being a woman was another issue for this poor lady. Coupled on, on top of that, that she was a widow woman. Now, a widow woman in her day had no means to make a living. Uh, it all worked together to intensify the issues of her life before, because this widow life was a day-to-day -day struggle just for survival, for food, as it probably would have been for most people. And so it's in this setting that the Lord tells Elijah, you need to go down to this little town of Zarephath. Go down to this little city on the, on the coast of the Mediterranean, tea, uh, Medi Mediterranean Sea. Sorry, and, and again, this appears to be, uh, again, yet another problem. I mean, it's a little town. It's likely a, a place of, of, of reduced or small resource. Uh, it's got a small footprint, and so it probably had limited means. And then God says to this man of God, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for you a widow woman to take care of you. Elijah probably thought, God, isn't there a rich man in that city somewhere? Isn't there, you know, uh, you know, isn't there one of those guys that's got a little bank account somewhere? And so Elijah understood that life for widows was not easy, but even more so in Elijah's day. Why? We need to understand. I want to paint this morning for you a dire picture, a desperate picture. There were no savings accounts. There was no life insurance policy uh, to take care of this poor woman after the death of her husband. And on top of that, she had a son, likely uh, a, a, big, a big child. And anybody who's had a, a, a son, you understand that boys can eat. Can I get an amen? Boys can eat, and they can eat a lot. And so she is struggling just to make it through. And so when the prophet Elijah shows up on her door, she is done. She's, she's weary. She's tired. She's completely worn out. And when Elijah asks her what she's doing, her story is not one that's going to make the news tonight. It's not that great triumphal story. She said, I'm going out to gather a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare one last meal for myself and my son that we can eat it and die. I'm not sure if there's a sadder situation in the Bible. If there is, I'm not sure what it was. But the picture I'm trying to paint for you is there is a woman who has completely given up. I know reading through the scripture, if you're not careful, you can at times miss some important bits of information. And for this poor widow woman in the middle of her desperate and very sad dilemma, she lets a little something slip with an incredible amount of certainty in her life. She is prepared to just give up and die. And she let, just maybe lets that little hint slide to the man of God that she believes in God. She says, as the Lord thy God liveth. She's announcing that not only has she given up all hope, not only has she given up hope, but she's even given up her hope in God. It's a desperate situation. Her own admission, she believes in God, but she doesn't feel like she, that God can even help her situation. It's gone that far. I believe in 2022 there are a lot of people that feel that way because the reality is life is very hard. 
And sometimes it feels like we're fighting for every square inch. Some days it just feels like we're struggling just to make it through. We work and we work and we work and there just seems to be no headway. But can I tell you this afternoon that not one person is exempt. At some point, everyone gets frustrated. At some moment in life, every person is overwhelmed. Most people will end up there at that place they never asked to be. They'll end up at the place they never had a desire to go. They get to the point where they're just tempted to throw in the towel and quit. That's what this widow has done. I came to tell somebody today that now is not the time to give up. Today is not the day for giving up. God has got some great things in store for you. Can I tell somebody at the beginning of a third year of a pandemic that God has got more in store for you than you could possibly imagine? The Lord did not bring you this far for no reason. I believe he's got great things in store for the individual. But I believe he's got great things in store for the churches. But this poor woman, this poor widow was tired. She is bone tired. She's wore out. She's stressed. She's overwhelmed. She's just tired of fighting. But I want to approach this morning her perspective. How many of you know perspective is the way you look at things? Right? Her perspective is there's just no hope. I, I just can't make it one more day. This all there is. And so God, in his great and perfect timing, brings these two people together. Elijah needs some food. But the widow woman and her son, they need food, but they need so much more. They need a new hope. Can I tell you, she was worried. Anybody worried in the house? Any honest folk today? Uh, undoubtedly she was worried about what they were going to eat. Uh, I, I believe it's likely that she's laid awake at night worrying and contemplating and wondering. Uh, but I know this from the word of God, worry does not do one bit of good. Jesus Christ said it this way, and which of you by any, by any anxiousness can add a single hour to the span of your life? And so her, her depth of poverty is real. And so the audacity of this man of God, when she explains the situation to him, she says, I got a handful of meal and a little bit of oil. I want you to, I want you to put a perspective. I want you to hold your hand out. Look at your hand. That's all the meal she had. Now, when we go to lunch this afternoon, I'm expecting a little more than that. I'm just saying. That's not very much. If you put two hands out, that's still not very much. And that rude, arrogant man of God asked this woman for a morsel of bread. Can I tell you, he wasn't asking for a sandwich. He wasn't asking for a loaf of bread. He's asking for one small piece of bread. But her response, her perspective is where I want to point your attention to this morning in verse 12. She says to him, I have not. Tell your neighbor she didn't have anything. She said, I have not a cake. But she says, all that I have is that little handful of oil and that little bit of, that little handful of meal and that little bit of oil in a cruise. And I can imagine the, her, her, her perspective, her mindset, are you kidding me? 
what, what is wrong with this prophet? I mean, she is going out and she has told him, I'm going to gather two sticks. She's not building a James Simpkins bonfire. She doesn't want to burn her. She intends to take those two pitiful sticks and use them to cook the last of her food. And she's looking for, a fuel, for fuel for a final meal. I hope there's somebody here today that you think you're at the end of your rope. Her plan is simple. She's going to take the sticks and go in and prepare it and eat it and die. Incredibly defeated. End of the line. Nothing that she can do. She is totally and completely without hope. There's no way out of her situation. She's embracing death for herself and her son. I can't imagine a more hopeless situation. But I want to express to you, this is the oldest trick in the book of the enemy. He wants us to look inside the barrel. The meal was not kept in a bag. She had a little barrel, and she peered into the barrel, and she looked in there, and she figured to herself that I can probably get one measly little handful of meal. And sometimes we can get so focused on where we're at and what we're going through, and we begin to look into the barrel of our situation. We begin to look into the smallness of our situation. And... I don't have nothing but a little handful of meal and a little bit of oil. But there's a little something else that goes on there. When she tells the prophet, I have nothing except. And I want to preach to somebody this morning, this afternoon, that there's a difference between nothing and except. Somebody came to the house of God today and said, I got nothing except a couple dollars. Somebody came and said, I got nothing except the clothes on my back. I don't have anything except that old beat-up car that I drove down here. Can I tell somebody, you and you think you've got nothing? I know, I know, I know, I understand. I, I, I get it, preacher. No, 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 no. I got nothing but a little pitiful house to provide a roof over my head. The widow woman says, I have nothing except a handful of meal and a little bit of oil. And we see it as nothing. But God sees it as exceptional. No, no, no. no. She was so busy looking in the empty barrel that she could not see what she did have. Oh, I wish I had a little bit of help in here this morning. It was by definition not much. On that we can agree, but what she had was the ingredients of a miracle. What she had was the making of a miracle. I believe God wants to change somebody's perspective today. I wish somebody would get their eyes off the barrel. There's a man of God walked into your life. There's a word of God that showed up on your doorstep. Oh, they want us to go down to that church and spend three hours on a Sunday morning. I got nothing except the house of God. No, no, no. I got nothing. 
And we look at our situation, and it's so easy because the devil points out what you don't have. But I encourage somebody to look around this morning and see what it is. No, no, I came in here this morning, and the Holy Ghost was moving. I watched uh, as we began to worship, and the and some poor folk sat on their seat looking in their barrel saying, I got... Do you not know the power of God is in this place? Do you not know there's an anointing? And we look at it. And we carry our little barrel, our little situation with us, and we say, I got nothing. Come on. I know this church. I know living hope. You got something. But when you give that little nothing to God, it becomes something. She looked at him, and she said, I don't have nothing except. And God said, I'm going to take what little bit you got, and I'm going to turn it into something exceptional. Oh, you don't understand. It would just be the next chapter that Elijah would begin to pray for rain. And he would send his servant out. Elijah bent down in prayer and said, oh, God, let it rain. I know it hasn't rained for three years, uh, and we're all thirsty about to dry up. Uh, God, let it rain. And he said, uh, hey, servant man, go out there and look. And the servant man came back uh, and said, Elijah, there ain't nothing out there. And he sent him back out there six more times. Hello, some of you know where I'm going. And he said, there ain't nothing there. And the seventh time, Elijah got down and said, oh, God, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. And he went back out there and he said, Elijah, there's nothing out there but a, a little cloud the size of a fist of a man's hand. And Elijah said, boy, you better get your water boots on. It's about to get exceptional around here. There's about to be an outpouring of the anointing and the power. There's a miracle on its way. Tell your neighbor it's going to rain. Time for somebody to put the bucket down. The story in the New Testament, Jesus is out on the countryside preaching to people. And the Bible said the, the disciples began to get worried. They had some concerns. They had a, a little trepidation, a little fear. The Bible said when even come, they were in a remote place. They were in a place of challenge. They were in a place where there, wasn't, there was no McDonald's out there. And, and the disciples come and said, Lord, we better send all these people away. Hello, we better send all these people away because we got nothing to feed them with. And the Lord said, y'all need to feed them. They were looking around, who? Is he talking to you? And he said, what do you have? What, excuse me? And the disciples didn't have anything. They went through the crowd and accosted some little boy and stole his lunch. That's the truth. 
and they come back to Jesus. You can go read the words for yourself in the book of Matthew chapter 14. They said, we have nothing, I'm paraphrasing, except five little loaves and two pitiful fish. And Jesus said, bring it to me. Hello? Can I get some help in here? Can I get some help in here? You may think you've got nothing, but if you... I got nothing except, but if you'll bring the except to the Lord, he'll turn it into something exceptional. And God sat down, Pastor, and he began to break. And as long as he break, the exception turned into exceptional, and they fed 20,000 people. But it's because somebody gave their accept, gave their nothing to the work of God. We got nothing except. There's a difference between nothing and accept. And the enemy wants you to look in your barrel and see what you don't have. Listen, can I tell the church today, some people come into the house of God and said, I got nothing. All I can do is pray. You got something. You got breath in your body. You got a voice. Come on. They that call upon the name of the Lord, they... I'm so tired of pitiful, dried up, worried saints of God who want to walk around with a little barrel and worry about what they don't got. I wish somebody would let God turn the exception. All we got is this little old building on Chancellor's Run Road. If you give it to God, he'll build the exceptional. Somebody ought to run a lap. Somebody ought to praise God. I'm giving my exception to the Lord. He's going to make it exceptional. It's time to quit focusing on what you don't have and give what you have to the Lord. All I have is sickness. Give it to God. All I have is failure. Give it to the Lord. That's all I got. Give it to God. At the burning bush, Moses walks up and God said, I'm going to do something great, Moses. Moses, God, what? Begins to stutter. He said, I'm going to send you down to Egypt, Moses, and you're going to deliver my people, and you're going to do all these great things, Moses. But I got, I got nothing. And God said, what do you have in your hand, Moses? And Moses, I can see it in my mind. He looks over at his old shepherd's staff. He's 80 years old. It's just a walking stick. And he looks at it, and he says, uh, 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 it's just, it's just, a, just, 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 just a staff, God. And God said, throw it down. Moses dropped the thing down, and he did the Brother Roberts move and got away from that thing. 
because it turned into a serpent. It turned, listen, I, what is nothing to us is something to God. It was nothing but a staff to Moses, but Almighty God used it. He used it to confront the magic of Egypt. He used it to turn the water into blood. He used it to bring frogs and lice upon the land. He used it. No, no, no. He used it. Over and over again, and it was nothing to Moses. It was a throwaway stick, had no purpose. But when Moses stood upon the shore of the Red Sea, can I tell you, it wasn't nothing then. It was exceptional then. It was not nothing. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's time to quit looking at what we don't have and begin to look at. Oh. I'm telling you, we got something good in here. We got something powerful in here. Well, I came to the altar and nothing happened. Then probably you didn't give your accept to the Lord. Hello? I... Oh, no, I I can't give that to you, Lord. That's all I got. No, no, no. That little widow woman that went up to the offering that day, Brother Savati, and put her two mites in, she said, God, it's all I got, but you can have it. That's all I got. But it's time for somebody to give God everything. It's time to quit holding back. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Well, if I give God one mite, it's one mite for me. One mite for me, one mite for God. Mite and a half for me, half a mite for God. God's good with a quarter mite. I'll get me one and three quarter mites. That little lady had no intention, but her contribution became exceptional because preachers have been preaching about those two mites for 2,000 plus years. Can I tell you, it may not seem like nothing to you, but if you'll just give, if you'll just give it to God, we can make a long list of, of the things we don't have. We don't have money. We don't have enough education. We don't have the right social standing. The list could go on and on and on, but God never ad- directs our attention to what we don't have, but it always seems so small, but when you give it to God, when you make it available for his use, when Moses released it, it became everything. The difference between nothing and accept is the power of God. It's not your ability. It's not your talent. It's not, it's not even the size of your gift. It's the fact that you make it available to God. Moses, it's just a stick. But when you give it to God and you put God in that stick, it becomes a powerful tool in the hands of God. It becomes anointing. It destroys. Oh, I I don't know. I don't know, preacher. No, no, I know this. When God gets in it, it's enough. I don't have enough. I I don't know how we're going to make it. I'm desperate. I'm not sure if you'll just give it to the Lord. If 
well, I, I can't talk and I, I can't sing and I can't. Listen, if you'll just give what you got to the Lord, if you'll, the best ability in the kingdom of God is availability. Oh, no, I need to say it again. Some of you didn't hear. The best ability you got is availability. If you'll just give God. Well, I, I, I don't have no skill. I don't have no ability. Can I tell you that all those years ago in 1984 when I walked into an apostolic church, if, any, if that could have been said about anybody, it would have been said about me. I had nothing to give God. But what I had, that little exception, I gave to the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. I know your testimony. It's time to quit holding back. It's time to get your eyes out of the barrel. It's time to get your eyes off of the cruise of oil. It's time to quit counting and measuring. And he wants to turn your nothing into something exceptional. Oh, come on. We got to get God in our song. We got to get the Lord in our preaching. We got to put him back in our marriages and our business. We got to get him in our talent. We got to put him everywhere. I know God is so good, isn't he? Paul wrote it this way. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The, that the excellency, can I put it in Brother Robert's terms? All we have is nothing in these human bodies. But we that treasure becomes ex huh? Hello? exceptional because the powers of God and not of us. I, I want somebody to know, well, I, I, I can't do nothing. And I, I, I'm just so unable, I'm just so weak, and I'm just so tired. And I watch Brother Brett spinning the carpet up around here with that little scooter. I All I have is my failure. I got nothing to give you, God, but brokenness and failure. And God said, you give me that, and I will turn it into an exceptional testimony of the power and the ability of a, oh, I, come on, somebody. All I have is lostness. Oh, if you'll give me your lostness, I'll turn it into something that people are going to find exceptional. This is no new principle. Brother Trey, God looked into the nothingness of the world and he began to speak into the exception of darkness. <clears throat> Stand with me this morning. Well, preacher, I don't have anything. Do you have one good arm? Can you wiggle a toe? I, all I can do, God, is pray. All I can do, God, is I, I can't do nothing. I, my, my, my dance ain't as pretty as pastors. My song is not as beautiful as Sister Cameron's. He didn't ask you for a pretty dance or a pretty song. He didn't ask you. He said, if you'll bring me 
what you consider to be nothing, I'll make it something that'll surprise you. Can you imagine the eyes of Moses when that stick turned into a serpent? If he's anything like me, he would have got surprised after he got away. But God said to Moses, Moses, I'm sure he's standing back. I got a bush that's burning, that's not consumed. That used to be my stick, and I don't know what it is now. And God said, go, go pick it up. Excuse me. I know you're God, and I hate to ask you to repeat yourself, but I really need to know. Moses, go pick it up. Okay, God, well, I'm going to write it down this time. I wonder, Brother Jones, how many staffs that old shepherd went through in 40 years on the backside of the desert. Broke my staff. Guess I'll go whittle me another one. It was nothing to him. But my Bible tells me this about Jesus Christ. That burning flax and that bruised reed. The things that were nothing to people the little reed that they would use to draw oil for their lamps and the flax that was so cheap that the poorest of the poor could afford it. And that little smoldering flax, he wouldn't discard it and get a new piece. He would not take away that bruised reed. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you're going through. I don't even know how desperate your situation is. I don't know, but somebody in this room has been looking at your circumstances saying, I, I got nothing. I can't move. I can't go. I, I and God says, give it to me. Throw it down right over there, and it'll surprise you. I'll use it to do things that you never imagined. I'm so tired of the devil telling the church we got nothing. No. <laughs> You know why he wants you to think you got nothing? Because you got the most power in the universe. I got nothing and nobody, but if one will put a thousand to flight, if, but two. We got nothing, Pastor. The, the building can't hold no more. Don't worry, we're going to give it to God. I see it happening right over there. It's going to surprise you. My marriage is broken. There's nothing left. Can I get a witness in this house? Somebody gave their broken marriage to the Lord and he turned it into something exceptional. Lift a hand with me this afternoon. Father, in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of, of nothing. 
I take authority right now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, I release the exceptional power and the anointing of your word in this place into every heart, every mind, every life. God, as we open this altar, I pray the people of God would come expecting that their nothing would be turned into something that is far more exceptional. We release it in the name of Jesus. Can somebody clap your hands and magnify God? Can somebody lift up? Won't you come today? Bring your nothing to God. Bring that emptiness to the Lord and allow Him to make it something. Come on, why don't we come to the altar right now? Let's respond to what has just been, again, before he even preached. I asked us if we could make this, it's mine. If that woman, if that widow woman would have eaten that meal, she would have died. And if you consume, if you keep your nothing to yourself, you will die. If you keep your sin to yourself, you will die in your trespasses and sins. But when that widow woman said, I'm going to give what I got, when I, I'm going to give what I got to the man of God, when she gave what she had, life came into her situation. And the Bible says she never ran out of meal and oil. She never ran out of the ingredients for the miraculous. And I'm telling somebody right now, you need to bring, I don't care if it's failure, you feel like all you have is failure. Brother Robert said it so well, bring your failure to the Lord. Let's raise our hands right now as the praise team leads us. And I'm asking somebody to come and whatever your nothing is, whatever, the, whatever that is in your life, that you say, I don't have anything but. I have nothing left but. I want you to give whatever that is. I want you to give it to God. If it's failure, I want you to give it to him. If it's hurt, I want you to give it to him. Amen. If it's just a little dream, I want you to place it in his hands. Come on, let's say lead us as we sing. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Morning's here and I'm grateful for the Savior God up in victory. I'm dancing out of my grave Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Morning's here and I'm grateful for the Savior God up in victory. I'm dancing out of my
that we've got nothing that God can use. Amen. That our failure and our past and our sins, that God could never use that. Amen. Brother Robert said it so well. God is able to take your worst situation and turn it into a testimony. Hallelujah. That's it. Would you find somebody nearby you right now to pray with? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Come on, right now, one more time. Can we lift our hands across the building? Come on, can you just worship him? Come on, give him your accept right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't want to hold on what God is doing here in the altar, but I will say, as we dismiss this morning, if you would like to be baptized, if you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we got water right here. That's the best way to surrender it all right now is to be baptized in Jesus' name. Ask your neighbor right now if they've been baptized in the name of Jesus. If they haven't, Please come and see me. We'd be willing to baptize you right now. You don't have to leave this place without getting baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anybody this morning? Blessed be the Lord. Well, right now, would you bow your heads as we pray a prayer of dismissal? And parents, please, Pastor and Sister Valerie are sitting out there. If you want to take your children, if they filled out any notes today, you're more than welcome. But Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for Brother Roberts, God, who delivered such an amazing word, God, that you're able, oh God, to move in between, God, nothing in except, God, that you can change it, God, and transform it all into being exceptional, Lord. I pray today, God, as we part ways, Lord, as we go our separate ways, be with us. God, I pray you would bless us as we go, Lord, so that when we return, God, we can speak about your glory and all that you've done. In Jesus' name, clap your hands with me, church. You are dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Sorry, any guests in the back, guest reception, please go and visit them. Thank you.